order to understand the level of financial literacy in any country, one of the main things that the government tends to do is surveys from time to time to get a gauge of their person's understanding of basic financial topics. And one of the things the Bahamas government has done is they've tasked the central bank with doing a survey on the Bahamian people. And one of the things that we will be discussing today is that survey that the central bank did in 2018 that gives us a wealth of information that we can dissect here today to understand and provide further guidance on financial literacy. Good day, everyone. Welcome to another episode of CFAL Talks. I am Senior Financial Literacy Coach Richard Pinder, along with Senior Financial Literacy Coach Shanice Taylor. We will be talking about financial literacy surveys and the information provided by the Central Bank from their 2018 survey on the Bahamian people. We will be analyzing some of the data that was gathered, some of the notes that was made, and we will be providing thoughts on how we can progress moving forward. So let's talk a little bit about the survey and some of the information that was gathered. Shanice? Yes, Richard. The Central Bank conducted a survey. They compiled all all of the information in 2018, and they produced a report. Now, in terms of financial literacy, they looked at three areas. The first is financial knowledge that tests basic numeracy skills. It looks at economic and financial concepts, such as inflation, interest rates, and compounding. The next area is financial behavior. This looks at financial control, that is your budgeting, and it looks at your financial resilience, that's savings, that's ability to face external shocks. Also, the last area is attitude towards long-term financial planning. So this is looking at whether you have any long-term goals in place. Yeah, so one of the things that I thought about, Janice, when I was looking at this, when I was looking at this survey, firstly, I want to commend the, the central bank for taking the time to provide this survey. This is the kind of information that that we need because when you talk about providing more resources, you need to first understand what's already available and what's being taken advantage of currently. And I think when you talk about some of the numbers, when you talk about financial knowledge, firstly, when you think about 55 or just about 55% of persons not having a basic understanding of financial knowledge. Now, that could be that could be a bit skewed because of me that could mean various things that they don't understand various things and yes. they do understand certain things. Mm-hmm. So I mean we have to keep that within a certain context as well. But I think something that's very important from that number is that when you think when you think about financial knowledge, we're talking about we're not talking we're not talking about um, some fancy calculations. No, we're not trigonometry or something like that. We're talking no. about basic division. We're talking about adding, subtracting, doing a basic budget. But I think I think one of the main things about that is that persons have to understand is when you think about financial literacy, it's simply being able to add up how much you have coming in versus how much you have coming out. Because one of the things that you think about when you talk about literacy and finance is, okay, am I able now, as we talked about, and I'll talk about it too, is meeting your everyday expenses, right? Yes. So one of the things is if you don't have that knowledge, there's no excuse in 2023 for you not to have the knowledge to do basic things, 
because mm-hmm. there's so much information out there. Now, one thing I want to caution our listeners on is anytime that you're gaining information, you want to gain the right information. Yes, that's You want to gain the right information because there's a lot of information out there, but some of it is there to cause you to spend money incorrectly. So yes. not, all of our, not all of it is out there to help you. So be cautious with it um, and the knowledge that you're gaining. Now, when you talk about budgeting, I think uh, one thing I think about when we talk about budgeting is I think a lot of persons, more persons budget than we think. Yes. Right. I think when we talk, when we say the fancy words, so to speak, of budgeting, a lot of persons think, okay, spreadsheets and Excels and things like that. A lot of persons don't do that, no. but they do have some idea. They have a, they have it in their mind. Right. Okay. This is how much I could spend. Yes. Let me put this on the side. <laughs> right. Yeah. So they have a general knowledge of what they have spending. Right. But something that we want to encourage persons is to write it down. Write it down because once you write it down, you're now physically able to see, okay, this is my full list of expenses that I have versus what income I have coming in. So, you know, if you have a thousand and one in expenses and your income is only a thousand. You're already over, even by that one (laughs) dollar. And that one dollar is big, by the way. That one dollar is big because that means you owe somebody that dollar. Yes. (laughs) So you don't want to get in a situation of robbing Peter to pay Paul. No. Right? Because you're never going to catch up. You're never going to get in a situation where you're now able to save for your goals. Mm-hmm. So you want to be careful with that. Yes. But I do believe that a lot of persons do budgeting. But we want a person, we want you to take it out of your minds and put it on paper. Put it on paper. Put it on paper. And lastly, when it comes to long-term planning, um, one of the misconceptions that persons have is, oh, retirement is some long-term, long-term dream. Essentially. I don't have to worry about that right now. I don't have to worry about that right now. We have all heard that in, in our day-to-day conversations. But it is absolutely something you should think about now. Um, when we talk about inflation, when we talk about other financial factors, the cost of living, it's absolutely something you should Life think. expectancy has increased. Health is health is doing better. Health is getting better. You're living longer. Yeah, as you said, with expectancy. So it's definitely something you should think about now. So part of your education in terms of your literacy is figuring out how you can maximize your income now for both your current living and your future living as well. So I think one of the things we could take away from the survey is that a lot of persons have some kind of plan, Mm -hmm. but they're not either writing it down in terms of keeping it effective. Yes. Because one of the things I would encourage persons as well is to review that. And that's why it's important to put it down because if you already have it in your head or if you already have this picture of it, it won't help you when it comes time to like sit down, look back. How can I get better? Yes, because when I first heard of the term financial literacy or if, let's say you're trying to explain it to, you know, an average person or if you're trying to explain it to a child. Yes. You know, the concept that you tend to focus most on is the knowledge. But we know in broader definitions, it covers financial behavior. Now, personally, I think that the financial behavior is independent from financial knowledge because you could have the financial knowledge, as we said in our first show, but not be putting it into practice or applying it to your life. But based on the survey, the attitudes towards long-term financial planning, it's good. People have goals. They do realize that, hey, I want to be in a position that I'm able to achieve these goals. And also, too, you say people do budget. Yes. It's just probably not in an Excel spreadsheet. And another thing with budgeting, what I realized too is that we could budget, but then if you have a miscellaneous 
on your budget that is maybe $200 and your unexpected expenses is $500, sometimes it, it causes you to rethink, what's the sense of me budgeting when I write down $200 for something that is going to come up, my tire went flat, my battery went out. Hey, um, day, the fridge broke day. down. Yeah, every day. How, how do every you do day. this? And, yeah. you know, people might say, oh, well, you, you're supposed to have savings upon savings. Sometimes it doesn't work like that for everyone. Sometimes you're in a period where you save a lot and something comes and boom, you know, all that savings is basically depleted. You know, we have people who have medical um, issues. You have things that happen, accidents happen, and you have to actually go to these um, sources where you had savings and now you might be starting to fresh. So if I'm budgeting and I know that my savings right now is just $5,000 and my car is broken down, what am I going to do? So I could have the financial knowledge, but in terms of my actions, you know, my actions may be a little bit different because of my um, current circumstance. And in terms of financial knowledge, um, the thing I liked about what they did with the survey is they didn't go in depth with asking you to calculate anything. In terms of the compound question, the compound question was more so um, seeing if you got the concept behind it. That, okay, if you, if the, if the interest rate is 8% and it's compounding annually, they ask, you know, would you have more than, would you have $100? Would you have more than $100? Or would you have less than $100? It was, you know, along those lines. It wasn't, you know, calculating. I think the only calculation question was actually the interest rate question. And like you said, these are things that, you know, they're, they're not too complex. They're not derivatives of options or anything like that. These are stuff that, yes. And to be honest, it's applicable to our everyday life. Inflation. We got to understand. affects purchasing power. Exactly. Um, A cup. We call them cups. You know, you put them in the freezer, you Kool-Aid. It was 25 cents when I was a little girl. Cups are now, what, 150? (laughs) So everything is changing and financial knowledge is important and I know, like you said, well, what's 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 the problem? Where, where's this coming from? Why isn't our financial literacy level in terms of understanding certain concepts? Why why is it low? Yeah, and I think um, one of the things that we're seeing, especially when we review this this survey, is a change, mm-hmm. a change in the way per- persons look towards money. All right, when we do a comparison between our parents versus us versus our kids um, or younger generation or Gen Z versus millennials. Um, We see a lot of younger persons now are taking that control, more control of their financial debt because they've seen some of the, some of the pitfalls their parents have made and they've seen some of the, some of the good things that they've done. So they've taken advantage of that. They've seen where they can be better and they have, they've taken advantage of the information that's available to them. And now they, they want to, Okay, what else can I do? What else can I do? So when we look at the younger respondents, we referenced that in this summary as well. The younger respondents, they scored higher on a lot of these these categories as well because, of course, they would have the ability to get more information. When we think about our parents or our grandparents, they wouldn't have access to that that information back then. They were only doing, you know, for lack of a better word, the basic and also, too, in terms of access, a lot of financial products were not really accessible to the average individual. The average person at that point, yes. um, Instruments like stocks, bonds, 
Um, I think my aunt said, oh, yeah, I remember 20 years ago they talked about mutual funds, but it was uncommon in every household. Yes, it wasn't a common security at that point. So, you know, that that too was also, I, I guess, uh, the issue that most people over a certain age, they're, they're knowledgeable about term deposits. They know, oh, you go to the bank and you put it on a fix. You know, they're not knowledgeable to say, you know what, I can go to a financial institution and I could open up a savings account. And it could work and it could actually bring me more return. It can. It has the potential to bring me more return than just putting my 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 money on a fixed deposit. Fixed deposit rates now are very low compared to what they used to be. So if, if that's the only thing that you're looking at, you know, it puts you at a disadvantage. Yeah. So and, and Justin, you talking to that, we can kind of summarize when you look at they have a table there with some of the products. Um, that they asked persons about or persons were able to tell them they knew about. And you can see that with all of these products on here, of course, the number of persons hearing of them versus not hearing of them. You can see some of the the products that, of course, are popular. You can see some of the products that are less popular. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that I gleaned from this, this particular part of it is some of the things that are less popular. Why is it less popular? The reason is simple. Because it's not something that you would have learned from your parents. No. Right? And so your parents didn't, your parents taught you the basic. They taught you what they know. And they say, hey, let's let's just do what we know. Open up a bank account. Right, open, by, open up a bank, which is good. That's a good first mm-hmm. step. But they only could teach you what they know. Yes. So, you know, of course, you look at the, another popular, whether you look at your debit card, your checking account, your insurance policy. Um, we talked about, of course, having the, the person, everybody knew someone who was in insurance coming around collecting policies at, at one point. Um, so, of course, that was very popular as well. But like you mentioned, stocks, bonds, mutual funds, those weren't, those no, were considered too high. You know, you had to, back in the day, you had to have too much money to open those. But now they're more accessible, especially to younger persons. Um, so now they want to take advantage of those. So I think that it just speaks to the evolution in Right, not only in the generation, but in the financial market as well. And in technology. Absolutely. You know, a lot of things like you did, I think you mentioned with the phones, you can access your bank account from your phone. Yes. Therefore, you have a lot of um, newer fintech assets that are coming out that, hey, you click here. It's an app. You download it. Yeah. Some people may not um, understand how to turn on a computer, but they sure know how to download the app. Absolutely. Absolutely. (laughs) So it is a change. But to go back to some of the products, when it comes to equity funds, only 51% of respondents, and this was out of a thousand persons that were interviewed, only 51% heard of an equity fund. (laughs) And this is up to 2018. 2018, right. It's pretty interesting. Yes. Yeah, that's pretty interesting. And then, well, 56% knows of a numbers account. <laughs> so, I mean, well, look at that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And what a difference for you, that's me. I think, I think it's the, re- the relevance too. Because what, hap- what happens is at one point, some people didn't own a bank account. Mm-hmm. Do, you, do you realize that that's the reason why checks were still, I mean, widely accepted? Because you had a lot of persons that they didn't really have a bank account. So when you started to get paid, you know, the the employer started to send your money to the bank because it was probably easier. You know, it's a less risk to have all that cash on them. Okay, they were now forced to say, okay, I'm going to open up this bank account. So 
for your parents, this was a necessity. This is needed. This is relevant to me. So me having a bond or having a, a wealth account with a bunch of financial assets at that point in time, it wasn't needed for me. You know, so that that's also too. If, if something is not relevant to you, if something is not practical to you, you don't need it. You know, Correct. at the end of the day, I mean, it can benefit you, but at, for them, it wasn't needed. So coming into, you know, teaching your children about, you know, finances or how to manage, the first thing is, you know, at least they encourage us to go and open up a bank account and they might tell you about a credit card and how the credit card works. But most persons who have credit cards, they tend to talk about having to pay that minimum or put something on this credit card every month. Yeah. And I think that, um, when we talk about the, once again, the attitude towards long-term financial planning, um, that goes to something you started to talk about with some of the goals that person's had. So one of the things that's in the survey is four common goals that persons have, right? So we talk about debt repayment, 17%, 13% said home ownership, 10% college tuition, and 7% was retirement. Retirement. 7%. 7%. 2018. To be honest, when you're when you're young, and when I say young, I mean under a certain age because I consider anybody under the age of 50 is young. But <laughs> when I said young, I meaning, you know, persons, you know, in their early 20s, you know, just coming out of high school, they're not thinking about retirement. I'm not saying everyone, but generally their mind yeah, yeah, isn't yeah. on retirement. No, of course not. Yeah. It isn't on health too much and it isn't on retirement. So the 7%, it is pretty low. It yeah. is pretty low. And I think it 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 opens up our eyes to, hey, if these persons are not ever thinking about retirement, what's gonna happen when they do retire? Yeah, I think I think it kind of helps. I think it kind of gives us direction, in my opinion, um, in terms of one of the things we have to talk to them about. Yes. And and it goes back to something we always say is even if they don't act on it right away. At least they cannot say that they didn't hear about it. Yes. And I think part of the thing is to at least get the message to them that, hey, this is something that you have to think about. This is something that when you start to work, when you start to earn an income, $5, $10, $20, start working towards that. Because when we talk about the power of compounding interest, mm -hmm. that 5 that 10 that $20 per it week or per out. month, I mean, from your 20 I mean, yeah. think about that from your 20 to 65 I that's mean, that's a lot, right? I mean, you and, and if and, you're disciplined with it, exactly, and you don't touch it, you can't access it. Think about how much that can that can be for you. And so, I think for a, a very good example of that is just show them how much money they will have. Yeah, that, so provide a projection, allow them to go and see. Hey, if you put X, Y, and Z over this forty-year period, fifty-year period. Oh man, I could be a millionaire. I'm you sure. can visit C file and we are ready to assist you. <laughs> I'm sure they would be more than encouraged to to start changing that the way they look at that. And not only the money, I think okay, when I think of retirement, I think of everything that I've been working so hard for has already been accomplished. I mean, after, after retirement, hey, you still have life. You still have breath in your body. You should have other things that you want to accomplish. Maybe it's a book that you always wanted to write, whether it's a show or whether it's a business idea that, hey, when you were 20, okay, you know, I shouldn't probably do this, but now you're over 65. You can do whatever you want to do. Whatever you want to. And I think it's so much that we think that retirement is just, you know what? We chill. We already um, we already dealt with bring up our children, rearing them. 
and you're like, okay, they're going to take care of me. I mean, we know that's not always going to happen. But I think we forget after retirement, if you had a mortgage on your home and you didn't pay it off, that mortgage still exists. Some people have health, health issues that you need money to, you know, income. Correct. You know, it's it's okay when we're young and we're in the prime of our lives and we're making this income every month. Mm-hmm. Every month, you know, when you go in your bank account, there's a thousand dollars there, that's five thousand dollars there. But it's it's a huge reality when, oh, take me to the bank or let me check my account for my pension, right. which may be less than five hundred dollars. But I, I just want to piggyback very quick on what you were saying when you talk about some of the things that you want to do with in your retirement. Mm-hmm. All of those things require money. Exactly. All of those things require money, even if it's as, as simple as writing a book. Mm-hmm. You're going to need Publisher. ghostwriters. You're going to need publishers. You're going to need editors. You're going to need to print it. Mm-hmm. You're going to need to market it. I mean, all of these things require money. So one of the things that you could do as a part of financial literacy is goal goal setting mm-hmm. and putting a number next to that goal. Yes. So even if it's a 20 or 30 year plan, at least you know, okay, I am setting my money aside for X mm-hmm. and it's going to cost me X, Y, and Z. Yeah. So at least, hey, you might not have everything you ha- you need for that particular goal, mm-hmm. but you know that you have something set aside for it. So mm-hmm. you don't get discouraged. Yeah. And sometimes we have people that would come into the office, you know, they'll be like, oh, I'm 45. Um, it's too late. No, it's it's never too it's late. It's never too late. Yeah. It's, it's never too late. It's better to have something than nothing. Absolutely. And another point in terms of, you know, the relevance of, financial concepts and products was that, you know, years ago, the employers or the companies would manage person's pension plans. So you had pension plans that were defined benefit. So the company used to match it and, you know, they'll make sure if the plan didn't perform that they'll, you know, they'll actually compensate for the, for the difference. Mm-hmm. But now a lot of persons are, are, are getting into pension plans. They're responsible for their own pensions. And I think that's why the need for financial literacy and the concepts, it's it it needs to be updated. People yes. need to be aware of what's going on because you no longer can depend to say, okay, well, my company, I've been working there 20 years, what they did with the money. Yeah. You know, it's now a part you. of the people. Yes, it's your responsibility. You. Yeah, the onus needs to be on you because <clears throat> one of the things that, when we talk about responsibility, one of the things that I, I go back to in terms of the survey is, and we hear this all the time, a complaint that persons made is having income, but not having enough income, right? Isn't that, isn't that everybody's, that's everybody's issue. Yes. But the main thing that you have to do is whatever you income you do have, you have to maximize it. You have to allow it to pay the bills that you have and, and to save as well. So when we think about some of the things that persons can do to avoid this dilemma, this is why we talk about writing things down. That's you're always going to be your first step. Anytime persons ask, one of the, what are the things that I can do to avoid the dilemma of getting into a situation where I overspend every month is you have to know how much you're spending, right? Mm-hmm. You have to know how much you're spending and you have to know, okay, I'm in this situation every month. Why am I in this situation? What am I doing wrong? Mm-hmm. And you, you, once again, it goes back to what we talked about earlier. If you only have it in your head, you're never going to know it down. where it's going wrong. And, and to um, add to that, we talk about 
a budget, a budget is basically what you expect to spend. Right. Remember I said about unexpected expenses. Yes. But also too, it's a good thing I did it once to write down everything that you spent your money on. Yeah. Because we have things in our head, but we know, okay, I got to pay my light bill. I got to pay my car insurance. I got to put gas in my car. I got to go to the grocery store. Okay, fine. But what about the long lost cousin that calls you yes. and say, hey, my car broke down. A very long I need a hundred dollars. Yes. Now I'm not telling no one not to <laughs> not give. To. Yes. The Bible says give, <laughs> but you might say, you know what? Not above your this, means. Uh, not not above your means, but mm-hmm. it might be different from your savings. You know, you might say, you know what? I ain't give a hundred dollars. I can give fifty dollars. Okay, you give it a fifty dollars, and then you like you you looking at your budget. Okay, I did this. I checked this off. I that I. But hold on, where does fifty? You even even remember? So it's pro. It's probably a good um a good point to track all your expenses as you go. Yes. Or look at your bank account. A lot yeah. of us now use our debit card. Go go look at that Everything's statement. Everything's online. Absolutely. Everything's online. Go look at online. that statement, and you'll be surprised <laughs> sometimes the things that we squeeze in. Yes. Because we think we have the space for it. Yes. And I'll make this joke on um what we always what we always make with clients is. If you if you if you take out five hundred dollars from the bank, right? Mm-hmm. You take out five hundred dollars from the bank because you had five hundred dollars budgeted for bills or whatever it was, right? <clears throat> you spent four hundred of it, right? On mm-hmm. what you expected to spend it. You have a hundred a hundred dollars extra. Let's say whatever that a hundred dollars was for hasn't come up quite as yet. Yes. You have this in your pocket, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Now, the weekend is here. This hundred dollars has a plan now. It has a plan according to your budget, right? Once you break that, once you break that hundred, that's it. That that's meant. It gone. That gone. It gone. Don't now you have to get to work on Monday. Mm-hmm. Cars on E. Oh boy. Oh boy. That's exactly my point, right? <laughs> You've already spent a hundred dollars, so now you mm-hmm. gotta go back, or you gotta go swipe. Oh, gotta go swipe, or don't use that credit card. <laughs> exactly. So now you have to be making other choices. Yes. And making the other decisions. For things that you did not plan. And you may know better. Absolutely. You probably do know better. You probably do know better. Absolutely. the decision you made or the situation that you found yourself in. Correct. Yes. You know, it it leads you to this. But what we're trying to promote here is a a constant over time. You know, we were going to have some bumps and bruises. Yes. We want to get in the habit, developing good habits. Yes. So whenever you have an opportunity to redeem yourself or to get back on track, get back on track. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think that, I think that, I think that one of the things that, that this, I, I'm, this survey has showed me is that a lot of persons are making an effort. Mm-hmm. A lot of persons are making an effort yes. and they, we just need to encourage them to stick yes. with it. Um, even us here, both Shanice and I, none of us are perfect. No, we're not. Um, we all have a plan. We all know exactly plan. as she said what we should be doing, but we don't always stick with it. So we would encourage you as we encourage ourselves. If you don't have a ready, if you don't have a plan, mm-hmm. create one. But yes. if you do have a plan, try to stick with it as best as possible. One of the last things I would like to read is something that the survey mentions. It talks about the same thing that we're mentioning here. When it comes to financial prudence and responsibility, households generally have an idea of what they should be doing, but find it challenging to execute their plans. And this, of course, as we mentioned before, a wider range of reasons. But one of the things that we see is the more persons start it, the more persons get into it, the better they will be at it. And so 
we want to encourage persons today to stick to your plan, have your plan, have write down your goals, stick to your goals, but don't give up. As we close the session, I would like to thank Richard, our wonderful host. And I would like to thank you, audience, for listening in and tuning in to another episode of CFAL Talks. In this session, we dealt with the Bahamas Financial Literacy Survey conducted in 2018 by the Central Bank. And as we said, you know, the financial literacy level, it's 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 slow. It can do we can improve it and we can look at other ways to help the nation become more aware and more knowledgeable about financial concepts and also to promote good financial behavior and decisions. If you would like to leave us a comment or if you have any suggestions, you can leave us a note at info at cfile.com or visit our website at cfile.com.